0: and welcome to episode two of A View from the Dugout. It's a new Surayer-based podcast. I'm Russ, and I'm from Scotland, Surayer, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris, from Surayer on a Budget. How are you doing, Chris? I'm splendid, Russ. How are you? Not bad at all, not bad at all. How was your your game week? Well, game week's
1: plural. Unusual for me. (laughs) Um, I rarely get a midweek one. So, um, yeah, no, last weekend was... I didn't know until Tuesday how it actually done, if I'm being honest, because I had the, the race all, uh, lads, and obviously the game had problems with scoring from Optus there, whichever way it went. I'll come to that in a wee bit. But um, I missed out on an eight. I carved in Champion Asia by seven points. Um, there is changes I could have done if I'd played Kaneko instead of uh, Koyamatsu, I would have been into the Tier 2s, so it was uh, quite close, but that's this game, isn't it? It's fine margins, so um, low Eath, and then it's been the same thing again today. I've hit the Lower Eith without with a DNP, a rare DNP, um, and a common goalkeeper, so I'm, I'm happy enough with that. How were you?
0: Not bad. Um, I'm on a little bit of a, a streak. I went on it last yeah. year, um, where I went about five or five or six weeks winning cards every week, which... As we know, that really helps. Um, it really helps build up the gallery, whether you choose to okay. keep them or sell them, etc. However, over the sort of the festive period and then the early sort of 2022, when COVID sort of had reared its ugly head, and affecting sort of the games, etc., I, I dropped off and I wasn't winning any cards, so. I've returned to that. I think that's the last three weeks in a row um, that I've yeah, been back winning yeah. cards. So, yeah, it makes a difference uh, and obviously brings a smile to the face when you're uh, opening your rewards. Of course it does.
1: <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I've, I, The last maybe four or five weeks, basically since the J League came back, each week I've been missing it with – there hasn't been a week where it's been a disastrous miss in terms of you know the scores and things like that. But – what I have noticed that it is getting closer and I, I do think it's going to start clicking fairly soon, hopefully. Um, in terms of uh, getting back on the card trail. Because I had the two weeks in a row and then it's just been slow since then, eh? But um but no, I'm looking I'm looking forward uh to the upcoming game weeks. I've got three teams in in uh, game week two uh two sixty, isn't it? Um God, it doesn't seem long ago. I did a, a special video for Game Week two hundred and that feels like just a you know a month or so ago, but it's God, it's, it's crazy how far it goes. Um, but you yeah, know, it's um, it's going to be just the same. It's going to be all star with a common goalkeeper. Um, it's champion, uh, sorry, challenger Europe and champion Asia, and yeah, it's just going. It just depends on how the games. I'm not holding out a lot of hope for Asia. Uh, Raysol are away to Kawasaki this weekend, so the stack are up against it. But we'll see how that goes. Um, how many are you actually contesting this week as opposed to squads that you put in and just hope for the best
0: yeah the uh, the situation for me again probably is i 'll be contesting about six or seven of the leagues nice. um, six or seven of the leagues, and there'll be there 'll be a few teams that are really are hitting a mess um, so yeah i 'll see how it goes the um, I suppose the big talking point this week um, I noticed on the, the calendar which within the, the sort of survey platform itself there's the new big tab which gives you the calendar of game weeks and it lists obviously the prizes etc so game week 260 like you say and we've got some uh, new competitions underdog rare and underdog limited
1: and um, well I mean just having a a, a, you know at first glance I mean obviously we spoke last week on uh, episode one about the legends utility kicking in and they have you know put a legends challenge up there as well um and that, I mean, that finally about utility for the people who actually bought them. Um, there is the limited version and the, and a, a pro version. So again, any the different budgets are going to be able to play on those. Um, the specialist uh, limited and the underdog limited are still there, same as last week in terms of entries. And uh, yeah, the underdog rare, so five players under 40 in the last 15. So um, I had a quick nosy. I've got three strikers that are all there, but it's actually ones that are coming back from injury. So I don't actually have any anybody that I can fit into those. That's why I've, I've kind of just went with the, uh, you know, just the, the standard ones. But I think there is scope there. Um, the only unfortunate thing, and it was something I noticed on Twitter, a couple of comments about it, the underdog rare league is needing a rare goalkeeper, obviously um so obviously if you've picked up a, a you know does not play one you can obviously enter with that the only downside is there's only uh i believe is it just 30 30, uh, cards, 30 yeah. cards now they are high value cards i mean you know it's it's mixed between star uh rares and tier ones so you know if you've got the cards there it's worth you know it's worth a punt you know because you never know what could happen. Yeah, you know, we spoke about it at any given Sunday last week. You know, your cars could go off and score 85 points, 90 points. And if you've got four of them doing that, it, it really puts you in with a shout, you know. So um I think last week it was it was really good to see, you know, the, the fact that they had capped it with the limiteds, um, and also like I said, the specialist one of my one of my pals has been entering them, and uh it's it's definitely given a wee bit of scope for a win you know better prizes than just you know your your tier three limiteds that i think somebody called it the 10 quid cards and I, I think 10 quid's been generous with some of them uh but it gives you an opportunity to come in and win you know big rare cards that you could sell and then actually build squads like we said so uh i mean just on you know the number of entries i just want to kind of say that uh just before we kind of continue the number of entries that russ has got in the uh you know the upcoming game week and i've got three uh, for myself and that has taken a year to get to so that's not been an overnight you know where we've just gone on and opened the wallet and splashed the cash um we've you know we've worked really you know it is uh it's always a work in progress i've gone back to basics today and started buying some budget you know lower end cards that i can look to trade up and flip so uh, yeah it's it's not a case that we're you know it's not a case of bragging that we've got, you know, these entries. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of hard work and it's just to show you what you can achieve with a hard work research and backing yourself, same as I've always said, eh, so.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're right there. I, um, obviously I'm, I've got, you know, a larger gallery, which has come with obviously a starting larger investment, like I said last week. However, I've traded over, I think it's over nine hundred you know, players that I have bought and sold in 13 months. Yeah. And they're all, you know, they're all on a spreadsheet, as you could imagine. Yeah, um, this has been a massive, massive project for me, as you, as, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and even though I've got some really probably quite premium cards now, they're all rare, you know, n- not at the the super rare or the unique level like we mentioned last week, but I've got some really good rare cards now. However, there's, you know, there's, this past week I've bought what I would call stock and obviously, I know that we're going to kind of touch on um, buying stock and trading tips um, in, in future pods, probably not in the not-too-distant future as well, especially with, uh, bearing bear in mind, the timing. You know, the European League um, are coming to an end and the, the bargains start to rise, et cetera. So I think we'll probably both discuss um, our sort of tactics and timing to hopefully help the new people that are playing the game. Absolutely. I think we also mentioned as well in week one, and it's just to reiterate that you know we're we're playing at a, a relatively low level in, in in truth. You know we're we're not at the top end of the game. Um, we're we're trying to get probably you know for me I'm realistic. I'm trying to get into the middle. I think would be <laughs> would be the fairest. I'll be happy if I can get to the. Um, I suppose the point of winning a card once an actual sort of real week or once within every two game weeks. If I can win a card. Um, and then of that opportunity, whether I keep it or you know upgrade the team or resell, et cetera, that, that'll be where I'm kind of happy. It was interesting you mentioned, obviously, that it's a starting point this week, I think, with the underdog rare. yeah, It's good to see it.
1: Yeah.
0: I think you'll probably agree. Um, it's nice because I think there's been a little bit of a fear factor, again, on social media, just with over the last couple of months in relation to low-end rare cards retaining their value, keeping yeah. their value. Yeah. I think, fair to say, this gives them gives them a bit more value again? 100 percent And I think um that definitely stimulates the market
1: somewhat as well because if you're you know if, if you are looking to enter these ones you are going to have to go and find these bargains. Um and it's you know yeah you can find players that are coming back from injury you know but the flip side of that is if they have one good game it takes them out the out the equation going forward after that. So it's it's going to be it's gonna be a challenge and I think it's you know that way you could if they, if they do get a good game you could sell them on and then reinvest back down again. So I think that that's what's going to stimulate. If you are a trader or you're somebody that's working on a low-end budget, being able to sell those cards when they have done well and then buy back in at the low levels if that's what you're looking to do. Um, I think, like you say, in terms of you know the, the prize pool and things like that, we do know there's, you know, there's flaws. you know, in terms of it being dynamic and things, the numbers that they've had to pull for this, I don't know. They'll have obviously had, you know, data modelling in terms of how many entries they expected to have into it. I think thirty prizes with a twelve. There's over twelve hundred entries so far, um, and there's still a day and a half to go before that. You know, as as we're recording, um, for for entries to that. So it's it is a very very low percentage, um, but if you've got the cards there. I would say put them in and see, you know, see what happens. If I had the cards to fit into it, I would do. Um with the cards I've picked up today, I might actually have an opportunity now that I think about it to be able to slide something into that. Um yeah. Just a quick one. Um did you did you send over the 45 quid for me recording this today or?
0: No, no, I've not. Oh, PayPal, <laughs> no.
1: PayPal. Is that is that, or is that, is that a conversation offline?
0: Well, uh, um, <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. 44, 44 pounds for the intro to be well, on
1: squares. Well, okay, we'll call it squares then. To me, we'll to you, to you,
0: maybe you, you. It's like the Chuckle Brothers. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: to me, to you. Um, yeah, no, sorry, that was think... just uh, that was just an aside there, in case uh, Andy thinks we're going to start charging for the podcast. Um, it wouldn't be 45 quid, put it that way. And yes, so I mean, in terms of issues from the weekend, I think that was one thing I was going to try and touch on afterwards. Kind of spoke about the you know the up upco- the, the good stuff the positives was um obviously at the weekend there was quite a few issues in terms of Opter related things um there was the penalty save for is it cook from uh meshelin i had a clear penalty save i don't know how it could be debated it's a clear penalty save and it my took... under 23 keeper yeah uh, so it, <laughs> it i mean it took penalty. it took some time for that to, to be adjusted um however the one big one for me, and it was obviously it affected me in terms of having you know four RSL players in my in my uh, lineup. The the Kashiba Rasol and the Jubilo uh, Iwata game just didn't get scored. Um, it was scored on every other app. I went and checked as many as I could, and it was scored. You know, Foot Mob had it, SofaScore had it, and they had all the details in terms of tackles, pass. Ev- all the details were there, but for some reason, they didn't have them. And it's, it was a Saturday morning. Okay. It was early doors. It was seven, eight o'clock in the morning, uh, UK time. But again, add an hour onto that for, you know, for the European time. And um, there was no communication, uh, you know, for, for two days, basically. And um, given the fact, I mean, there was people were kind of having a pop, but the fact that I was having a pop about it, um, it's rare you'll see me do that on Twitter, but it was something that was quite frustrating because you know you, you don't know where you are you know and i've spent a fair bit on these these players that i've got in that lineup and to have no communication it's a saturday um saturday is football day for the majority of of you know the leagues in the world sunday obviously it's become more for for television and things like that but to have no communication on a saturday or a sunday um to say even just to say we're looking into it where we just acknowledge that it's happened and say, we're looking into it with our partners at Opta. That's all it takes to to settle everything down. And instead, for three days, it hung over, actually four, because it wasn't until Tuesday morning that it got fixed. And it was hanging over, closing the game window, and it was hanging over, you know, people thinking they were going to get 20 and 40 points. You know, 20 points if they'd played under 60 minutes and 40 points if they played over, and they weren't getting decisives. And that was going to have a massive impact. I know Hoodwink ended up winning... Um, his league, and it's because of the Savio goal, uh, or assist whichever one it was, I think it was a goal um, that he wasn't getting the credit for and if he didn't get that, he wouldn't have won a Hani Maktar card and a quarter of an E, which all told was about two and a half grand, and that's a monstrous amount of money to, you know, potentially lose because you've not received the data when every other platform has so, uh, you know, whether, wherever the breakdown was, you can't wash your hands of it and just say opta haven't supplied us you need to take ownership of it and you need to communicate and it's you know last week uh nicholas did say on you know the the podcast that we listened to and on the 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 youtube video launching you know the the community update we're going to communicate better and it didn't it fell at the first hurdle the first possible hurdle there was no communication and it was too late the time the communication came because everybody was already really hacked off about it. I'm moderating the language because you know <laughs> it, it, it just you know to keep it on the, the PG thing but I was pretty, pretty hacked off and I'm glad it got fixed. I'm, I'm glad everybody got, I didn't expect to even be as close to the cards as it was. Takahashi had a, a massive score and I had him capped and missed out by seven points but you know as I say if somebody like, you know if Hoodwin could have been taken out of actually winning what he won um, by no fault of his, I, I I just disagree with a lot of it. Obviously, they did acknowledge that twenty isn't going to be an acceptable score and they're looking into that. Just, you know, learn from it and actually, you know, as I say, communicate. I can't believe there's nobody in that office on a Saturday. As I say, Saturday is football day. Um, it's where most of your games are going to get played, Saturday and Sunday. Communication's got to be there for me.
0: Yeah, I I was affected myself. Um, not, I don't think I had quite as many people, um, quite as many guys playing. I had, certainly had Koga as my captain, of course, though. Um, but I think I had Koga and I think I had Takahashi as well. So I had two in the game. For me, um, again, like you say, the, the simple basic there is, you know what, give your guys Tuesday and Wednesday off during the week or, you know, Thursday, Friday off or whatever, you know, but Saturday, Sunday, um, it's football all over the world. Really, really simple. to we'll have one person on call to be monitoring all the data and all the analysis and the statistics and figures etc. that come in. Um, I'm sure that's something. Hopefully, that they will now look to address. Incidentally, I think that's the second, um, the second game in probably about the last quarter that had the game week delayed because of closure. Mm-hmm. Possibly, actually, maybe it was maybe the first game was actually this year. It was, um, it, it, go, it was an oh, ACL.
1: It was an ACL fixture uh, a couple, of, just only about four weeks ago. So you know, wasn't. You yeah, know, I,
0: I, I, I remember that. And, and to be fair, these are these are the sort of fundamental, sort of basics and mechanics that the whole game structure is is, is built around. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. Just uh, like everything else, I, when I see these kind of things, I like to try and you know analyze and have a look. And one of the things for me, where the where this scoring, this you know. We're going to give a standard forty points and a standard twenty points. I, d- I don't agree with it at all. What I would like to see, and it's only an opinion, um, I think you've got they've got to be looking at certainly the decisive actions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So your main, you know, your main, your main points within a game where there's a goal and assist, a penalty save, etc. All these sort of decisive actions, I think, have to definitely be taken into consideration. You can't have, say, a player scoring a hat trick and getting 40 points, and just because somebody else has been on the park for 60 minutes. um, Do you know what I mean? The linesman's been on the park for 60 minutes. Is he going to get the points as well, you know? Um, So I think there has to be something that sort of differentiates. What I would like to see um, is that basically maybe something along the lines of that the player's last five, so the last five is used all over Surrey within the sort of display information, I would like to see something maybe where that if the player and or the game's been you know abandoned or they're struggling with the scoring and they, or they can't get it, that the last five average is awarded. And then on top of that, any decisive action. So for players maybe sitting on 46 for the last five, and that's all they've done. They get the 46 rather than this 40 or a 20. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that maybe um, you know, players on a four 45 or 46 points for the last five and then they've had a decisive and they're getting that sort of 35 added on we can't be in a position where we're not awarding anything and making it so so standardized you know this is this is supposed to be a game where we're we're using our football knowledge to an extent when we're all on a variety of budgets whether you've got 300 quid in this or 30,000 in this I don't think we can be subjected to sort of a standard 20 or 40 point score when something goes wrong with uh, you know the game mechanics. So yeah. th- that's all I've really kind of got to say on that. I don't know what what your thoughts on a Just, solution would be. I mean in terms of the
1: solution I mean I, I somebody posted it up and I think it was fairly accurate. The the first one like this one here if they hadn't I've got the you know the data through from uh, Opta every other platform had it. So manually backfill it you know, like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of time consuming, but you've only at a maximum got 16 players that have played on each team, you know, 11 starts and five subs. So 32 players, that's not going to take long to backfill that data into the, into the game. It could be, it could have been done. So where the data is available widely elsewhere, from your partner, let's not forget, um, backfill it, it's the reliable information. If that's not there, as I say, if, if you have to standardise it because you have nothing else. Um, you could go on average. The only problem on average is what if the what if it's a player coming back from injury? And it's a DNP. They would have to have some some sort of minimum measure, maybe, and um, you know whereas maybe the 20-40 as a minimum. But then if their five game average is higher, it falls back on the five game average. You no, know? so it's it's the better of the two if that makes sense. But to ignore decisives that that can't happen, but then I suppose, where do you draw the line on it? Do you, you know, because you, you can go with clean sheets, you can go with, uh, you know, goal scored, but do you go back to goal line clearances if you've not got the data, you know, if you've not got the data, you can't score it, so yeah, it's a tough one, but we don't get paid the money for that, that's what these guys do get paid the money for, and at the end of the day, you know, somebody made a comparison, uh, fantasy football, you know, like the FPL and things like that, you don't have two grand worth of cards going into an FPL team, you know, to get messed about with two grand, you know, team, um, is yeah. So that's that's where I stand on it. I wasn't happy. Glad they got it fixed. Hand, you know, hats off to them getting it sorted in time. And um, the the window wasn't even delayed. I don't think we got prizes probably slightly earlier than normal. To be honest, I think. Um, but communication. That's it. I mean, it comes back to just that one thing communicating because you could shut everything down really quickly if they had just come on nine o'clock when everybody else has mentioned it because I wasn't the only one there was lots of people mentioning it discord twitter everywhere just acknowledge it that's all it takes just acknowledge it we're looking into it you know even if somebody's not there in the office to actually do it we're looking into acknowledge it acknowledge the people that are actually buying in and you know running you know the money that's coming into your platform just acknowledge them I feel like a bit like Roman Reigns there. Um, right, so just just uh
0: just Look back move, onto the positives.
1: Yeah, just uh, just moving <laughs> off. Have of you got in?
0: Have you got uh are you have you got any teams in the the this week in uh, game week two sixty the new competitions? Anything
1: not in? Any, not any new competitions as yet. However, I do have some ETH from a sale today, so I'm in that in between stage. Do I go and buy a limited team that I was planning on and? Uh, you know, fill that into you know, going to the specialist because I'll need to find two that are under 40 and things like that. So I might do that, um, and I'll, I'll just figure it out from there. But no, at the moment, none of them are new. It's I've just got all star rare, I've got uh, as I say, Challenger and Asia that's that's my three. So not as it stands, but uh, yeah, we might do. I did notice a couple of a couple of yellow cards appearing in your gallery when I had a wee the earlier on, so I could see somebody else is preparing too.
0: I've started looking at it. Um, as I say, I've been very, kind of fairly um, consistent on my approach to not really looking at the limiteds. Um, a lot of the, the guys that have signed up um, through myself or the people that I, that I know that I've introduced to the game. We've sort of all predominantly looked to the rare market. We've all looked to basically start by hitting threshold teams, um, a lot of these guys are are, are, are local or uh, are, are Scottish based guys, but there's also a few people that you know trying to assist and help just with general advice, etc. I know you do it yourself on on social media. Um, I think as part of the as part of the game week, there's a um, there's a certain game on that. I don't think there'll be any players involved on the, on the scoring unless Mister Chapman uh, makes a miraculous recovery. He's, he's the like game the
1: Invisible week. Man. <laughs> Um, yeah, Dundee Derby this weekend. Um, so I, for those that don't know, um, I'm a Dundee fan and Ross is a Dundee United fan. And um, our teams are playing this weekend, Saturday afternoon, 3pm. You wouldn't know it from Sky because they're not covering the Dundee Derby or the Edinburgh Derby. They're putting on St. Northern versus Rangers. I had to pay the money for that. Anyhow, um, but it's the Dundee Derby... <laughs> one of the closest derbies in the world I think is it the second second or third closest
0: it's the fourth it's the fourth Fourth? okay we've slid down the charts I've got um I've got a little bit background um just for the for the listeners so like you say we've we've been rivals in everything from football manager to FIFA to Surayer to you name it um I think you even you even briefly dabbled I think in football index ever ever so slightly but All these football sort of products and games and things like that um, has certainly kept us united sort of um, in our sort of friendship over over the years, which hopefully throughout the pod, um, as the podcast develops and as the episodes develop and all the topics that we cover, hopefully we'll see a lot of things where we've got kind of sort of similar outlooks, but different sort of skill sets and different sort of knowledge bases that should hopefully contribute and benefit to the, the listeners. We're both based in Scotland, as as Chris has said, we both live in the city of uh, Dundee, just for anybody out with, um, sort of Scotland that's listening, the city of Dundee, population about 150,000, has two football clubs. It was featured on Real Football Factories, episode three, Scotland, which was uh, Danny Dyer. Can't get me that around it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can't get me nut around it, um, where he basically visits Scotland and visits all the clubs. It's on YouTube. You can um, you can Google it, I'm sure, and find it. However, our clubs um, are separated by 280 metres. It's the fourth closest stadiums in the world, um, behind the two stadiums in Copenhagen, the two in Budapest, and the closest stadiums are only 100 metres apart in Uruguay. So Dundee as a club and Dundee United as a club. Again, just to give you a little bit of context, um, Dundee was formed a little bit about 15 years before Dundee United, Um, a great team in the 1960s. Both the teams, both Dundee and Dundee United, have five major Scottish honours to their name. Dundee have won the league once. They won the Scottish Cup once, which was in 1910. They've won the League Cup three times. And they've also been to the semi-final of the European Cup, which is obviously now known as the Champions League. That was in the 1960s. They were a great team. They were full of internationals, predominantly Scottish internationals. Um, so that's the Dundee team. Little uh, little tidbit bit of information: two of their biggest uh, shirt sponsors over the years, Magnus, if you like a like a beverage, and Sports Division. Now the now defunct uh, sports brand
1: it went defunct during the season and they had to take the badge off that was the year we had the Sampdoria style top and um, yeah it started off the season and all of a sudden the sponsor this massive gaudy sponsor just disappeared and we had a really cool Sampdoria I've still got the Subutio team that has the same Sampdoria top colours on it (laughs) so yeah it's, uh, it's there
0: yeah so I thought I would I thought I would mention that just to give a little bit of background because there will be the, the I, I'm sure there'll be quite a, a few jibes go back and forward over the podcast so it's just so that any of the listeners kind of have a little bit of an understanding the head to head record uh, is 81 wins to United and 49 to Dundee uh, predominantly Dundee did race ahead but you know probably over the last 30 40 years my team Dundee United have been uh, sort of sort of more on the ascendancy We won the league in 1982, 83, along with Aberdeen. Um, We are the last two teams to win the 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 Scottish um, the Scottish top flight out with the old firm, which has taken you back into the 1980s. It really has been that sort of monotonous and boring since then.
1: We won the Scottish. Just out of curiosity, Russ, just sorry to interrupt. um, Where did you win that title?
0: Well. Well, that would be that would be a certain stadium. That'll be that'll be the same stadium that you would like to probably mention where we were also relegated. Oh, I'll mention uh, that. Don't worry, that's coming. That's yeah. coming. So, 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 we'll, we'll <laughs> skip past that. We've had success and failure on in the same uh, in the same ground. Ultimately, our, uh, yeah. our our dearest rivals. We have won the Scottish Cup twice, but we've only won the League Cup twice, which is one less than Dundee. But that both gives us our five sort of major trophies. We also um, were in the European Cup. Semi-finals um, in 1983-84 season and we got to the UEFA Cup final, which is now your your Europa League, where we were beaten by Gothenburg. We've both had spells, as I said, Dundee in the sixties, and Dundee United were an amazing team in the in the nineteen eighties, where along with Aberdeen, the, the New Firm, as we were called in Scotland, really did start to punch massively above our weight. To give you an idea, again, just for the listeners, Dundee and Dundee United both have stadium capacities of under fifteen thousand now. Um, you know, so we're, we're we're playing a sort of what you would class as a provincial sort of fan base, as such. Our two biggest, probably, sponsors that have been on the shirt Bellhaven for those that like a beverage again, and Rover, which, incidentally, Rover? is also now defunct. So we've uh, both managed to defunct another brand by being... Uh, <laughs> be associated with us.
1: I, I, I would have said VG because the VG top was actually the iconic one when I was... I mean, I, wasn't the VG top the UEFA Cup top?
0: It was. It was it the was, 19, yes. 1980s, 1980s Was the VG top, and it was one certainly when I was at primary school that it was very good. Was basically the initials for that, and uh, that was quite, you know, it was quite quite well known. And I, I think that was probably was certainly awesome. my favourite favourite top, just simply because of the material that the actual the VG was made of. It was a kind of like a velvety yeah. a velvety yeah. top <laughs> and that was that was good. I've got a few just uh, just to sort of not to go too deeply into Scottish football on a survey podcast. Um, ultimately, hopefully we will in future when the, the leaks hopefully launch. But I've got just a, something that I didn't actually know, and that was just basically in the fact, although we've had a lot of players that have played for both our clubs, not many have made the actual transfer directly. So Dundee to Dundee United, over the period of history, there's only been 16 players that have went directly from Dundee to Dundee United, and there was a period of 18 years which for for a small city where it's local players to not have transferred directly, there was a period of 18 years um, between 1978 and 1996 that there wasn't a single player transferred from Dundee to Dundee United. So I incidentally actually worked with the player in 1978. Now, I didn't work with him in 1978, but I worked with him um, around about 2007. His name was Ian Phillip. He played for Dundee and he actually transferred to Dundee United and he won the league title with Dundee United a really really nice gentleman um, I'm not sure if he's still with us now I think he would probably be late late 80s now uh, in age so he was uh, the, the last player in 1978 and then obviously in 1996 there was a chap called Neil Duffy that made the move as well mm-hmm. in the reverse there's only been nine that have went from Dundee United to Dundee the most recent obviously been Paul McMullen,
1: McMullen
0: yep. bit of a fan's favourite Chris Oh, absolutely. Do you know what?
1: I hated him. I absolutely despised him when he played for United because he's just one of those players that you just, if he doesn't play for you, you just don't like. But that guy has relentless energy. Um, I've seen all the posts at the weekend with everybody, you know, making jokes about Dyson Um It's the same sort of relentless energy. I mean, he could be taking the corner, the other team break away up the field, and he's making the, the tackle in the box at the opposite end. Um yeah, no, he's he firmly became, we were told, obviously he crossed the road from Tanadice to Dundee and we were told that was the only thing he could cross. Um, and I think he's in the, uh, the late 20s, into the 30s possibly in terms of assists uh, or or goals plus assists since he moved over the road. Um, lots of crosses, I mean, in the playoff run to get promoted last season. Um, his crosses in the semi-finals and the final. Um yeah, definitely a fan favourite. Apart from the gloves, I don't appreciate the gloves. The gloves, gloves have no place other than a goalkeeper in, in football. Uh...
0: I think what I think what's interesting, Chris, is that although some of this information, again, this is just a bit of a background more about us as we build up the, the episodes. But ultimately, this information um, could very much be part of the actual game in the, in the very near future, where we're actually discussing Scottish players in depth, which we both have, I'd like to say, a massive, massive knowledge of. So that mm-hmm. that, that that's really good. Um, obviously people like Paul McMullen etc these players are all up to scored at the moment so you can look on Surair data to see these players if you're starting to think oh do you know what there might be some gems in the Scottish game well there will be Mm -hmm. Um, incidentally I was looking at the statistic and the fact that 18 years for the the Dundee to Dundee United uh, period of not a single player transfer and I was even more surprised than something I didn't know it was 22 years for a player to go from United to Dundee. Now, Jim McAnally, the former Scotland international, Mm -hmm. um, arrived at Denz from Tannendice in uh, 1997. Seven, And it wasn't until Craig Curran, the ex-Ross County player, Mm -hmm. um, arrived at Denz in 2019. 22 years um, passed without a direct. Obviously, there was other players that went to other clubs Mm -hmm. um, over that period of time. Um, but just just for uh, for the people that are that are listening, I would say four of the probably most famous players to play for both clubs just to kind of finish off on the topics of Dundee and Dundee United. Danny Griffin, the Northern Ireland international, played for both clubs as the Tommy Coyne, the Republic of uh, Republic of Ireland international. Ryan McGowan, who the Australian international Ryan McGowan, I think he's still playing. I believe he might be playing in. Maybe the Emirates or Saudi Arabia at the moment? Somebody along that line. <coughs> Excuse me. And finally, Mark Kerr, Championship Manager legend. Manager, yeah, it's true. 20 vision, 20 passing. I think everybody <laughs> that played Championship One Manager... One of the most overrated players in history. Absolutely. <laughs> um, however, Mark Kerr, what a name, what a blast from the past. And anybody that's ever played those iconic games will certainly know Mark Kerr. Um, just a final point, Chris. Just earliest recollection or sort of game that's maybe meant most. Have you got any couple of games that just over the over the years? I
1: could think two straight off of that. My very first game I went to um, was a Dundee derby, Scottish Cup quarterfinals replay at Tannadice. My mum was a United fan. Um, at school, she would go to the games. You know where where her pals at school, and um, I had a United teddy bear. I had United. I had I had the. The cup fight, the UEFA Cup final um, picture. There was a supplement in a local paper, and there was a poster in it, and that was on my bedroom wall, me and my brother's bedroom wall. And uh, so I went to this first game. I liked football. I kicked the ball about all the time, and um, I was in the United end. And I decided that I liked the blue team. I was—I wasn't even seven years old. I was six years old, sitting on the the wall at the front, and I liked the blue team. And um I remember sitting there and all these huge players were running past me and um I just thought that the blue team was the was the best thing ever. So uh, it was two two incidentally in the replay. Um it went to a second replay at Dens and we were annihilated 3-0. And um yeah, at that point I knew I knew I'd made a mistake. <laughs> um <laughs> but the other one um was Christian, my son was the mascot at the uh, the now infamous Dune Derby. And that was when, uh, back in 2016, um, United had a rotten run of form uh, for a whole season. And I still think to this day, it started with McPake's equaliser at Tannadice because United weren't doing as badly until that equaliser in the 94th minute and it sapped the life out of United. And um, we relegated them 2-1 at Dens, Um and I was in the hospitality because Christian was the mascot that day. And I uh, remember the United captain that day um, came in. His name's escaping me. Who was the United captain then? Oh, uh, was played it for Sorry? No, oh, it wasn't Dylan. No, no. He played for uh, John, 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 John. John Rankin. John Rankin. He actually came in to the hospitality suite after the game and thanked the mascots for being mascots that night. Um, shook people's hands, walked back out. I thought that was really classy. And Mixu Patelainen, the then United manager, um, was standing outside and he was doing interviews for like an hour. And he knew he was getting sacked in the morning and he stood there. And it was just one of those nights. Everything went right for Dundee fans, but everything went wrong for United fans. And... Um, but yeah, that was that was my memories, and I don't, I'm not going to have good memories this weekend. I don't think, not with a, a manager with a zero percent win record from eight games since he came into the club. So <laughs> I'm anticipating um, I'm going to go. Unfortunately, I'm going to go three-one United. I don't think we're going to put up much of a fight, especially when our strikers been linked to United, uh, our, our
0: best our, our best
1: striker. So we'll see what happens there. What's, what's your prediction for the game?
0: Um, obviously I'm attending the game, I'm going to the game, uh, taking, taking the wife and the kids, uh, and a friend, uh, fellow, fellow Surayer manager, actually, uh, Godfrey Goat is coming along with me. Um, I think we're going to win, but I think it will be very nervy. It'll be very edgy. Both the teams have, are, are playing for something. Dundee playing for their survival. Dundee United playing for the top six, which is the... For anybody listening, basically the Scottish League splits after this weekend. The top six contest the the title if you're Rangers and Celtic, but ultimately for the rest the other four teams, they're contesting the European places, of which we have in Scotland one more this year because of our excellent work in the coefficients based on the European runs um, of both the Old Firm and the national team. So, yeah, a lot to play for for us. Obviously for your team, it's you and St Johnson, um, which is also a, a Tayside team from, from Perth, which is... not a Derby. Night. Yeah, not a Derby. It's not a, a Derby. Perth people Darby. might think
1: it's a Derby, but I can assure you it's not a Derby.
0: Um, however, you two have got quite a lot to play for, for the you? for the rest Would of you? the season. Just... Uh, just to f- try to to close before we go into some um, some mo- much more Serie sort of related topic of um, some player player tips and some players to watch, which hopefully will help uh, help the surreal managers out there. My favourite, I suppose, recollection of the Dundee Dundee United fixture. Um, my first one was in 1986. I would have been oh nine nine years old, and it was Richard Goff that scored the winner. It was actually at Dens, and it was the only time I'd been to Dens. Up until I think probably about 2013. Mm. Um I didn't go back to Dennis for about 25 years. Um, but it was Richard Goff. So Richard Gough, the Scotland International that was incidentally born in Stockholm. Um, however, he played for Rangers, Everton, and for our MLS uh listeners and fans out there. He also played for Kansas City, who were wizards back then as opposed to sporting. Um so yeah that was one of the one of the games and probably my favorite game obviously was the game on New Year's Day 2015 where we annihilated uh, Dundee 6-2. So that was yeah, That
1: happened that, that, twice that, that, incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> happened twice incredibly but yes so we'll see how it goes at the weekend as long as there's no 6-2 I'm sure I'll be able to survive um, after that, but yeah, I think I think we've probably dwelled on that long enough. And there will be back and forth um, on Twitter, no doubt, and uh, a certain uh, thirty-two siree may be getting uh, some dogs abuse from me too. So I'll I'll apologise in advance for any of that, uh, any of <laughs> any of those type of comments. They will be happening. So brace yourself. Uh, but yeah, so will we move on to our final part of the podcast, Uh Russ? We'll look at the, uh, this is what we're going to call the ones to watch section of the podcast. We're going to try and do this most weeks, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I've got five J League players this week and uh, you have five uh, from the Americas. Is it in yeah. the less or is it a mixture?
0: A little bit of a mixture. Like okay. like we mentioned earlier, Um we're really looking, hopefully, through the podcast. It's, we're hoping that, first and foremost, I know we went in a little bit more personal background there about us, but predominantly most of it should be in relation to the sort of Surrey players, et cetera, and the rare game news. And I think what we're wanting to do is try and give as much free value to the people that listen in relation to player tips. And this week I have um, five players that I have highlighted that I think might be worth purchasing. Now, these should be accessible uh, for every budget. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason that I've kind of got this... Now, I've listed the the five players um, based on the rare price value. Yes. Um, And they're all under 0.05 ETH. Um, If you give me... Two seconds, here we go. Right, so, five players that I've identified. Samuel Granser, he plays for Galaxy, um, formerly of Monaco and Strasbourg. Started the season, he signed um, quite recently, and he started the season on the bench. Um, He has come in a little bit form, had a good game at the weekend. So I think he... Is one to watch, and he comes in round about zero point um, zero four two. Okay. Another player I've identified purely because of the game he's got this week. He plays for Houston Dynamo, and his name is Memo Rodriguez. Zero point zero three five midfielder. Uh, if he does well, you have to say that at least you got the memo. Well, well,
1: and on that note, we'll end the podcast. Um, <laughs> I think, I think that's. Um... That was a pity laugh. That was a pity laugh. Absolutely.
0: Um, player number three, Marvin Luria. Uh, been in and out of the team at Portland. However, he signed a new deal today until 2024. He's coming in for six, 60 UK pounds at the moment. That's that's his cost, which is 0. 0.026, I think he is, on the market. He played about 20, 25 to 30 games last year. He was involved in sort of four or five, um, four or five of the goals. In and out of the team. Played over a thousand minutes, but he's still quite young, and he's a Costa Rican international. At that kind of price, I don't think there's much risk in picking him up. All it's going to take is for him to have two or three games. I think you had a player Espria last year that done the same for you, which I'm sure you can kind of touch on just when it comes to uh, comes to yourself. But <coughs> I've got Marvin Luria as a player to possibly look at for picking up. I've got Brendan heinz who incidentally doesn't have a game this weekend. It's a wee bit of a longer strategy one, but he's on a last five of 48. Plays for uh, DC, so Washington. Um, last five, 48. Last 15, 43, which is relatively consistent. Um, again, he's coming in uh, under 0.03, uh, roughly, at the moment, which is quite decent value uh, and affordable for most managers. And the final player, he actually plays in the Mexican League for... Um, um and that is Leonardo Sakira not to be confused with Joe Felix of the same surname. Um, however he's an Argentinian midfielder he's been getting quite a lot of rave reviews um, he's coming in at the sort of top end 0.048 ETH at the moment um, but he's been involved in quite a lot of the goals and assists for them this season so that's uh, my five players to watch this week how about you? Happy days. Well, I've got five
1: J-League players, um, two of which I was actually looking at myself uh, to pick up. One of them I have now picked up, but I'll run through them. Um, I have got uh, Masaya Tashiro, and he plays for Sagintosu, 28 years old, centre-back. He started the last four games since uh, Shimikawa got injured, and in those four games that he's played, the full 90 minutes... They've conceded zero goals since he went in there. Now, this was a tip that I got from uh, Jagor on Twitter, and I had a good look at him. 0.04 you can pick him up on the market for just now. So the fact that he's played the four games and zero goals conceded, that's pretty strong from a centre-back. And um, They've got uh, Kyoto away from home this weekend, so that could be a, a cheap defensive option for you. The next one I've got is uh, Sachiro Tashima. Uh, playing for uh Kishiba Resol, 26-year-old, uh center mid or attacking mid, four starts, two subs. He's got a goal, which was at the weekend, and that was against uh uh Jubilo Iwata, 0. 0.035. Um uh, now they have got a tough fixture this week. I included him away to Kawasaki, uh, frontal, but I fancy him to have a good game again and um Kashima Reysol are one of the surprise packages this season so far, so that would definitely be one I would be uh, having a look at at that price. The next one is the one that I actually picked up just now, and that is Valdo, uh, centre back from uh, Shimitsu S-Pulse. Thirty years of age, Brazilian lad. Um, he missed the first four games of the season because he was injured, and he's come back and he's started the last three, played the uh, played all of the last three games. He was a regular last season. They're at home to Gamba Osaka this weekend. 0.033. Three. Um, I got him for uh, just shy of that. I think it was 0.0327. I think I just paid for him because um, it was the highest percentage one that was there. The next one, uh, Ryuji uh, Izumi, left midfielder from uh, Kashima Antlers, 28 years of age. He started the last three games and he's had two assists, um, one today and one, uh, not the last game, but the one before. So 0.042. His price has started to creep up um, I did see some higher purchase prices uh, today. So it's worth having a wee look at that one. They're at home to Yokohama uh, F. Marinos. They've been kind of struggling the last couple of games. So it might be a good time to pick up somebody like that. Um, a Azumi. Last, Yeah, of Zumi. Yeah, Zumi, definitely a good player, especially just the fact he's come back in the squad. And that's why some of these players' prices are lower, the ones that I've picked out. They will start to increase. Valdo will definitely increase from that point zero three. Uh, three range um, now that he started to play more and he actually scored today so and um, the last one I've got speaking of scoring is uh, a lad that I believe you've still got Russ and that's uh, Yusuke Segawa from uh, Seanan Bellmare, centre forward 28 years of age he started five of the games this season one substitute appearance he's got one goal um, they're at home to uh, Jubilo Iwata this weekend his price is coming in still at 0.05 he does play for one of the weaker teams in the league but he is getting a regular start. There's only been one game he hasn't appeared. I think that was the very first game. Oh, no, actually, that was at the weekend, and it was a, a potentially COVID. a COVID-related issue. So um, all those players, I mean, if you're looking for a starting striker, 0.05, you cannot complain about that. If he gets you the 40-odd or forty odd points and helps you towards the threshold, um, I think that's a definite you know, pick-up. We'll post these up onto the Twitter page, um, and also next week in the video, we'll recap what the scores have been so we can actually see, you know, how they've actually all performed. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, they're going to be ones worth having a look at. As I say, full disclosure, I'm actually going to still probably be trying to look at uh, a Tashiro from uh, Sagintosu. I just think if a center back's coming to the team and they run four games without conceding a goal, that's maybe an indicator uh, in that. And I have picked up Valdo. Our galleries are visible, obviously, as everybody's is. You can look at mine at you know you just search Serere in the budget and if you search uh, Scotland Serere you'll see Russell's uh, account there as well so you can see the players that we've got I'm not necessarily trying to pump any players up here I'm literally just giving you um, some free advice Um, not uh, you know and it's go and do your own research from beyond there you know we'll give you the pointers but end of the day you're spending your money uh, spend it wisely Um, I wouldn't you know you could probably find some decent players for the prices of uh other subscription services, Russ?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's like everything else, just hopefully try and give people some pointers, Um, trying obviously help anybody that, that takes the time to listen. We're ultimately all playing the game, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for, for enjoyment and for football, and that that's great. But I would think that the majority of people that are playing this game are looking to either make some money or make some money after increasing the size of the gallery, so to contest prizes. Um, and ultimately, that's that's what we've managed to do. Yeah. There's nothing, I think, that we've done that can't be replicated. Um, like you say, p- people can do their own research. There's lots of tools out there, you know, from from the Serer Data app, etc., you know, that's the most obvious, but... There are websites and there are um, you know transfer market and sofa score and things, but there's also articles on, you know, like top fifty wonder kids for all the different continents hmm. that, that people can people can look at. Um but ultimately I think to, to to add value to to actually taking the time to listen to the podcast, I think what we we'll, we will try and do is we'll either try and give you sort of five players each that are either new or relevant to the game week. So, you know, this week obviously the five I've given there's one that's actually not playing but he's a bit of a longer term one in Heinz Eich but the other ones are all playing and they've all got favorable fixtures you know i think um Houston Dynamo um they they've got a, a game somebody somebody i think is it Portland or maybe playing earth uh, San Jose Earthquakes or, or or maybe it's Houston that's playing them however you know you're looking at the teams at the bottom of the league and who's playing against them that's where there's a great chance for those players to get decisive points now even if you're just keeping them for one week or you're wanting to make ETH just so that you can afford the player that you're actually after. I think there's a lot of value to be done in trading. And it's not easy to win cards, you know, and it's not a case of just rock up into Sorare and, you know, four weeks in with a £1,000, you're guaranteed to be winning cards of 250, 300 quid. That's not the case. You know, there's this week, for example, my card, uh, you know, I was on for two cards until... um, until late, late Monday night, what I was on for champion Europe as well as Americas. I finished 115th in Americas. This week, the card that I got, uh, you know, it's Elton. He plays in the Brazilian league. He's a a decent goal scorer. I think he scored nine goals in I think it was maybe 30 games last season, but he's not for me. He's a 35-year-old striker. I'll be moving him on. You know, it's a prize that's worth hmm, somewhere around about maybe £160, £180 at a push. But I'll be moving him on, and that's part and parcel of I think the game journey for most of us. Some yeah. of the players we'll get will be favourites that we like or that we 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 have high hopes for that we keep, and there'll be other players that we just go never heard of them or you know not interested, and you'll sell on to hopefully either reinvest or cash out. So yeah, hopefully um, provide some good value in relation to players. That's pretty much I've got all I've got this week, Chris. Anything else from you?
1: No, I'm I'm. Uh, in total agreement. Um, you know, keep building your budgets up and keep keep pushing on. And that's you know that's what we as we've said in the last week and as we've said today. You know we're trying to be a, a realistic view of the game. Um, and you know a lot of my followers, I mean, it's so they're on the budget. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of my followers are coming from you know the the lower end threshold teams and things like that. So that's what we're going to do we're going to you know try and give out players that we can suggest that you know go and have a look at if they do well then hopefully they'll push on but as I've always said you know do your own research on top of that if you buy these players blind that's entirely on you you know if you're not making a a reasoned decision uh, beyond that but always do your research when you're you know buying into any players or any you know paid for services I guess and, um, you know, do your research and make sure you're getting your money's worth and you're not getting ripped off. Um, that would be my advice. Um, but, yeah, no, I've last note for me. Thank you to everybody that listened last week. We had uh, we were both astounded by the by the number of lessons and also where those lessons have come from. Six percent of the audience female. Really? Uh, you know, wait till the video version comes out. That'll be down to about point zero six, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> Faces for Radio, and um, but also just the, the fact that we ended up worldwide, Malaysia, India, Spain, <laughs> America, Canada, it's just baffling to me that I'm sitting, you know, uh, recording this in Invergourie, a little area just outside Dundee, Russ, you know, opposite end of Dundee, And people are listening to this worldwide. So thank you to everybody that's uh, taking the time, you know, to to listen to the podcast, to subscribe to the, you know, the various channels that you can, uh, so you'll get the notifications when the new podcasts are released. Um, And yeah, we'll we'll keep trying to provide you the content that that you ask for and what we, we think gives you, you know, the best use of your time, really. That's all I've really got. Thank you. Perfect. So on that note, We'll close off this week. Thank you very much for listening to A View from the Dugout and we will return next Thursday, a brand new episode and one of us will be happy and one of us will be sad Um, depending on the outcome of the Dundee Derby. Take care, guys. We will speak to you all again soon.